You're listening to Got 'em Coach, the show that brings sneakerheads and ball players together. Now, here's your host with over 200 pairs of sneakers, Tyrone Smith. Yo, 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 yo. Hey, what's good, y'all? Y'all already know what time it is. It's time to get down to business. Hey, yo, check this out, man. I know y'all ain't heard my voice in a minute. I know y'all been missing my voice. I know y'all miss the sexiness in my voice. You know, I know you miss it. I miss it sometimes, too. I told y'all what I be doing sometimes when I ain't, when, when, when I ain't heard my voice in a couple hours. I had to get up and randomly talk to myself just so I can hear my voice. But it ain't nothing like that, man. I've I been telling y'all, man, the boy been on the G-R-I-N-D. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. I've been on that grind, man. I've been on that slow grind. Hey, merch coming soon, baby. Merch coming soon. Get ready for that Dylon Diligent Hot Fire, man. It's about to go down. Besides that, man, shout out to the Hamtramck Police Department. You know, they do wonderful things out there in Hamtramck. I love you and I appreciate you. <laughs> but um hey man, I just been I just been grinding, man. I just been grinding. I ain't put an episode out last week. I ain't doing an exclusive breakdown episode last week neither. So, you know, I just been kinda grinding, chilling, promoting, um, advertising, doing what I need to do. You know, just trying to take this whole thing to a whole different level, you feel me? I mean, that's what it is at the end of the day, man. You gotta you know, you gotta put some things to the side and you know, really get on that grind, man. That's what I've been doing. You know, it ain't nothing personal to none of y'all. I know y'all be wanting to hear my commentary and my thoughts and my opinions on some of the things that be going on. But you you got to understand at the end of the day, when I really talk about being a one-man army, I'm legit a one-man army. I do all this stuff by myself. You feel me? And I don't complain. It ain't no regulation. It ain't no woe is me. None of that. Won't nobody feel bad for me at the end of the day, man. People decide to go into the professions and the careers that they want to do. You know what I'm saying? They know the risk. They know they 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 know the grind. They know the struggle. You know what I mean? And I know the grind. I know the struggle, baby. You know, I've been doing this for a long time, man. Been doing this for a long time, so I already know the ins and the outs. But you know what? I ain't even gonna lie to you, man. The boy has been getting some traction, man. The boy been getting some traction, doing some doing some good things, man. Slowly but surely getting where I need to go. You know what I'm saying? Um Yeah, man. That's all I gotta say. Normally I have a normally I have an interesting story for y'all. But you know what? It's been a real chill week, to be honest with you. Ain't nothing crazy been going on. You know what I'm saying? I've been real chill. You know, I've been staying out of Hamtramck. <laughs> Brother ain't trying to get no more tickets. No more tickets. Don't need them. I don't need them in my life, brother. I don't need them. <laughs> hey, man, but let's get into this episode, man. Y'all already know what time it is. I don't know what episode number this is. After the patron-free episodes and the patron-exclusive episodes, I lost count. I think I lost count at the 32. So, uh, if you know the number, go ahead and say it. Say it as I do my intro because I don't know the number. So, episode number, insert your own number here of the show. Well, if you got a problem with me, brother, go ahead and Google me. 
I mean, you ain't gonna find nothing because I'm not that important yet. But if you got a problem with me, go ahead and Google me. Google me, Chuck. Google me, Chuck. <laughs> no, but seriously, don't Google me. Y'all need to know nothing about me unless I tell you. Got him, coach. Yes, 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 yes. And I am your host, Tyrone Smith, aka Ron2 Exclusive, aka Mr. Hustle Bandit, aka Mr. Sneaker Bandit, Four Point Island, lock him up, bro. They turned the 360 alive and in the flesh. And y'all already know what I come to do, man. I come to give y'all that Dylan Dillinger hot fire. That H E A T. He. Y'all already know how it go. And that's been this week's episode, man. I'ma holla at y'all boys next week, dog. Peace. You just got the heat. heat. Thanks for the support. It's greatly appreciated. Tune in next week for another episode. Hey man, I'm tweaking, man. I thought I put a full episode together for y'all boys, man. I'm tweaking. My bad. My bad. <laughs> hey, check this out, man. If anybody don't know the uh, <laughs> the reference <laughs> that I just did, man, y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. But um, <laughs> hey Jr. Bro, my bad, man. My bad. I'm rocking with you, boy. Hey, the whole the whole hustle bandit, sneaker bandit, four point island. We the, the whole community, bro. We rocking with you, man. We 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 rocking with you. We. We we know you ain't do it on purpose, bro. We know at the heat of the moment you lost your you lost your mind, you lost the traction, you lost the, your thought of process, and you 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 uh you did that, man. It happens, man. Ask Chris Weber. Matter of fact, ask Magic Johnson. I mean, he kind of pulled the same move that uh that you just pulled. You know what I'm saying? So don't feel bad, man. Don't feel bad. I mean, y'all legit really wasn't gonna have a chance in this series. Y'all might have pulled out a game. I mean, but game one was your opportunity, to be honest with you. But I mean, look, I digress. We need to <laughs> get into the basis of this episode, man. Um, so let's just talk about it, man. Y'all already know NBA Finals. I kind of covered some of what I wanted to talk about in my exclusive breakdown episode. Um, that episode will be coming out Friday. Uh, for my patrons out there, you'll get 24-hour early access to the show. It will be unedited, so you will get to see all of the milk, milks and crannies of the episode that um, that that went on. You kind of get to see the process that I go through when I um, when I do the episodes, just that and the third. So you'll get to see that, and you'll enjoy it, and you'll like it. So if you a patron, go ahead and enjoy that free 24-hour access. That episode, actually, man, it wasn't even gonna be a 24-hour access. It might be a 12-hour access. You know, because I still got to put a little something, something together for it to look somewhat presentable. So, um, y'all go ahead and y'all enjoy that free access. Everybody else, y'all get that episode Friday. So, uh, you'll actually get to kind of see what I was talking about. I touched on a little, a couple of different things from the, um, 
the Eagles not going down to the White House for the Super Bowl. I think it's a good move. Um, even if even if Trump uh, canceled it initially, I thought that the team and they self decided not to go down there. But apparently, it was Trump who decided to cancel the invite, mainly because only a small amount of a group of people was going down there to begin with. You know, I talk about that whole situation and you know the whole standing for the anthem thing. You know, I talk about it just being all about the money at the end of the day, man. And look, it's just facts. It's just facts when you. When you do things to to mess up the bottom line, they're gonna do anything to try to prevent you from messing up that bottom line. It, it's sad, but I mean, I mean, what can you really do about it? You know what I'm saying? Like, you just gotta. It's unfortunate, but you just gotta kind of roll with the process. And you know, a lot of people don't want to do that. You know, a lot of people, a lot like I said, a lot of people don't like change. Like I said in the episode, a lot of people don't like change. And when change comes, and it affects things. No matter if the cost, if the cost will is you know good or bad, mainly bad. If it's bad, if it's bad to the other people's bottom line, then you know they're gonna try to do anything possible to make sure that you know they silence you by any any means necessary. So uh, that's a little something that what I was talking about in this was a breakdown episode. But like I said, if you're a patron, you'll go ahead and you'll probably get that episode probably Thursday. Um, if you if you anybody else you'll definitely get that episode uh friday so go ahead and subscribe to the exclusive breakdown youtube channel go ahead and follow the instagram at exclusive breakdown facebook it's uh, exclusive breakdown um patron i mean if you want to get early access to episodes go ahead and um you know be a patron for a little for as little as one dollar you can go ahead and you can support the brand you know what i'm saying um it's greatly appreciated so uh as I was stating, man, I was talking, you know, as I was talking, um, this, this is the finals. I don't like legit. I didn't want to see again. I get tired of seeing the same teams over and over again. Now I know how people in the eighties felt when the Lakers and the Celtics was always playing in the NBA finals. It's like, it's, it's, it's repetitive and, and it's boring and, you know, team, the teams know each other so well. And, you know, I just, I just don't like it. You know what I'm saying? So that's why my pick was uh, Toronto and Houston to make it to the finals. And um, neither team made it like I thought they would. Houston Houston let me down. You know, being up by so many points. Being up by so many points just to, you know, just to collapse and, and, and lose the game. You know, I was really disappointed in the Rockets. You know what I'm saying? I felt like they could have did more. You know, they could have, you know, held serve more. But uh, you know they just ran into that bus all Golden State got hot in them third in that third quarter. Game six held Houston only 25 points. Houston only scored nine points in the fourth quarter, and then you know they kind of did the same thing in game seven. You know they just kind of you know slowly crept their way into it into the point where they was leading up to the point where they was winning. So that's tough if you were, if you a Houston Rockets fan. That's tough. I know you feel bad, and now it's gonna be an interesting offseason. What happens with CP3? CP3 has already said that he's not taking no discount to stay with the Rockets. I know they had talked about possibly getting LeBron James. If I'm LeBron, I'm not going west. I'm definitely staying east. And I'm looking at Philly. Philly is my best option to be, you know, to be in the finals. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my best bet. I wouldn't go nowhere else. I wouldn't go to the Lakers. I wouldn't go to the Rockets. Wouldn't go to the Spurs. I will definitely, definitely stay out east 
and I would definitely go to the Philadelphia 76ers and, you know, help that boy Ben Simmons do what he do. Now, here's an interesting question that I have. Now, it, it wasn't it wasn't a question that I brought apart. It was a question brought by ESPN. But um, they asked, does LeBron James really make players better? And that's a good question because you really got to really think about all the players that he's played with. Um, and ask yourself, do the players really get better or do they just kind of benefit from being on the team with LeBron? You know what I'm saying? I think the one player that I can say kind of that he kind of made a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Made better. And that was just for that for that short little time in the, in the playoffs that one particular year. And that would be Dan, uh, Booby Gibson. Like Booby Gibson, he came out and he was just draining them against the Pistons. Just draining them. Breaking my little heart. Breaking my heart with the Pistons. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and then ever since he left, you know, he hadn't been the same. You know, Mario Chalmers for some way, he was a consistent guard when he was uh, with LeBron. But otherwise, now that he's been on his own, you know, he's not as consistent. When you think about Chris Bosh, think about how Chris Bosh was dominating. You know, he was, you know, first option on Toronto. You know what I'm saying? And now it's just like, first of all, he doesn't play because of, of his condition with the blood clots and everything like that. And hopefully, you know. He takes his doctor's advice, and if the doctors advise him that he can't play anymore and he shouldn't play, then I hope he takes that advice and doesn't play. Because blood clots, I mean, that's that's something you definitely don't want to play with. That's something you don't want to play with at all. But then you got to think, when, when LeBron got to Miami, it kind of made Chris Bosh become something different. Chris Bosh wasn't really shooting threes and mid-range uh, jump shots. He was kind of shooting mid-range jump shots, but he definitely wasn't shooting threes like that in Toronto. You know, he was definitely a low post guy. Get him down on the block, let him do his thing, and, you know, he'll kind of give you buckets. But then it's like when LeBron and them all got there, Chris Bosh had to change his game, and you can kind of see where it kind of affected him. Um, dig about with Kevin Love. Kevin Love. Kevin Love is a consistent 20.10-11 rebound scorer uh, player in this league. And you kind of see at times, you know, where he struggles. You know, Rodney Hood said that, you know, it's kind of a, you know, it's a struggle playing with LeBron. J.R. Smith said it's a blessing and a curse. Um, so, in terms of asking, does LeBron James make players better? I don't think LeBron makes players better. I think he puts them in better positions or better situations on the basketball court. Like I feel like if if, if, the, if the team right now was to go other places, um, I think they would thrive. I think I think LeBron in some way I think he kind of holds the team back in in some in some instances. You know what I'm saying? In some instances, because think about it like this: Rodney Hood was a 17 point per game scorer, right? He gets to Cleveland. He's not really, he ain't really, you know what I'm saying? He ain't doing nothing. Matter of fact, they get him garbage time. Like, I don't understand that. Matter of fact, if I'm Tyron Lou, I'm definitely starting. I'm either starting Rodney Hood or I'm starting Kyle Corver. And I'll, I'll probably start, I said Rodney Hood. I would start Rodney Hood. You know, he's a 6'8 guy. He can get his own shot off. You know, he can, he, can, he can score. He can get buckets, you know. And, you know, he can switch off. He can guard Steph. He can guard Clay. He can guard, you know, he has a, a little enough length. The wingspan will probably help him to kind of guard KD. I think um, Rodney Hood has definitely been underutilized. And I wouldn't I wouldn't start J.R. Smith because you can kind of see 
where game one is just kind of taking away his confidence. But still, we're talking about LeBron. Um, does he make players better? I don't think he makes them better. I think he just puts them in better situations. Like if 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 a guy was to leave that team, you know what I'm saying? I think that they would be. I don't know. I don't know. I think some. I think a lot of the players would be better off without LeBron. Like I think if Kevin Love was to leave, get traded or something like that, I think he would be better off. I think he would be better off. I think you would see him at his Minnesota Timberwolves days. Like Rodney Hood, I think he would be better off. I think he'd be better off. He'd probably be where he was at the 17 point per game when he was where he was at when he was with Utah. Um, George Hill. George Hill was a All Star caliber point guard a couple years ago with Utah. You know, he was a guy who was being talked about, about possibly being an all-star. Um, you know, he put up good numbers. You know, he surprised a lot of people because a lot of people didn't really know what was coming. Um, and, you know, he, he kind of did his thing. Now, he went to Sacramento, and Sacramento is kind of the black hole in the NBA right now, even though they do have a chance to do some special things in this draft. Hopefully, they don't draft another big man. But, uh, you know, let's talk about Luka Doncic possibly going first overall to phoenix so that could be a possibility where um where they draft another big man and you know that'd just be a plethora a plethora <laughs> a big man that sacramento has so that's something to think about um what was i talking about oh yeah so I just I, I believe that if uh, other players like if they go us elsewhere, I think they would be better off than they are with LeBron. See, here's the thing with LeBron. LeBron is a ball dominant player, and there's been talks about him come playing more off the ball. But at the end of the day, right now he's an on the ball player, and like you can see where he takes away from a lot of people's game. You know, Kevin Love isn't the same. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, Rodney Hood isn't the same. J.R. Smith, J.R. Smith just kind of been where he kind of is where he is. You know what I'm saying? Then you got to wonder, like, if Tristan, if LeBron James was in there, would Tristan Thompson be able to, you know, do more? Would, um, who else? Who else? See, you no, know, those are just questions you got you to gotta think. Like, Isaiah Thomas, he really wasn't that good of a player when he played with LeBron. You know, uh, Derrick Rose wasn't that good of a player when he played with LeBron. Jay Crowder kind of fell off when he played with LeBron. I think LeBron does more so. And don't get me wrong, I think LeBron is a great player. But in terms of making other players better, I, li- I don't think he makes other players better. I think he puts them in the best situations um, with his with his amazing basketball IQ and his amazing playmaking ability, I think he puts them in better situations. But I don't think he makes players better. And that's just me. But back to the series, man. Golden State, Cleveland. You know, there's something that everybody don't, nobody really wanted to see again. But you know, that's just what it is. You know, you know, you get you you get what you get. For me, I I, I took my notes. You know, and that's one thing that I, I do like to do. I like to, I like to take no. I've, I've been taking notes of certain series, and then you know, just kind of watching how they play out. And uh, when I talked about, you know, Cleveland and Golden State, I talked about how Golden State couldn't play with the Cavs. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
you know, they've been playing. They have played with the Rockets, you know, let the Rockets get out to these double-digit leads where they had to fight their way back. And they made it look easy, but they had to fight their way back in the second half to, you know, take advantage of the um, take advantage of the game. I felt like they couldn't do that with Cleveland because if they give Cleveland any glimpse of hope, the Cavs have the Cavs have the best player in the world, and they can do whatever they need to do. And he can he can get them in situations that he needs to get them into to make sure that they win the game. And that's just facts. So. Going into game one, I was expecting for Golden State to come out with a lot of energy, a lot of intensity, a lot of tenacity, and, you know, dominate the game. But that just wasn't the case. Game one, Cleveland kind of dictated that game. They kind of made Golden State play to their pace. Um, they out-rebounded them by 15. You know what I'm saying? They out-rebounded them by 15, you know, in the first half. I think they were shooting like 50-something percent from the floor. Um, you know, they was hit they was hitting all their shots. Kevin Love came to play. Um, so you know they was in a good situ- they was in a good situation. Golden State had their little mini runs in the third quarter, but you know, Cleveland was able to withstand those runs and still keep the game competitive. Fourth quarter came, LeBron did his thing, but Steph Curry also did his thing. You know what I'm saying? So it was like it was like back and forth. Now here's a couple things I want to talk about. The the the, the block the charge reverse to the block. Um, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, how could they change the call? You know, the call was the call. I mean, look, the NBA put in the rule where they can go back and look at those type of calls. And if you really look at the call, not only was LeBron James still moving, but he was also leaning into it's like he was leaning a little bit into Kevin Durant, which you can't do. I mean, yes, he was outside of the restricted area, but you could tell he was still leaning and he was still moving a little bit. That's a block. Simple as that. Simple as that. Um, the J.R. Smith situation. And look, I feel bad for the man. I mean, I, I, I legit feel bad for him. But people got to understand. Um, well, this is what I didn't understand, right? Tyronn Lue knew that it was a timeout. They knew that he, he had to have known that there was a timeout. Apparently, none of the other players had initially thought it was a timeout because after I looked at the play, you know, we all talk about how, you know, how LeBron James basketball, basketball IQ is so high. But then I'm thinking, I'm like, well, dang, you know, the minute he seen JR not put the shot back up and was running back out towards the three-point line, why didn't he call a timeout then? You know what I'm saying? So I'm guessing apparently he didn't know. But then as I looked more into it, you could see where he was signaling for a timeout. So when they went back to the block, when they went back to the uh, bitches and he was asking them, like, do we do we do we not have a timeout? Do we do we have a timeout? Do we have a timeout? You already knew, bruh, because you were signaling for a timeout after the fact. Like, but then even even in that case, like, you know, it should have still been alerted. Look, one timeout. Like, even Teron Lou, he could have called the timeout from the bench. You know what I'm saying? He could have ran down half court, like, look, timeout, timeout, timeout. Like, so we were we wanna blame J.R. Smith. And I feel like, look, out of a hundred percent of all blame, J.R. Smith should definitely get ninety-six percent of it. But we also gotta look at the fact that maybe Teron Lou didn't 
tell his guys or alert his guys like, hey, look, we got a timeout. Or maybe it was just the fact that everything was just so crazy and it was so hectic going, you know, there's a lot of hecticness going on. Maybe, you know, maybe they knew, but in, in the in the heat of, like I said, in the heat of the moment, man, when you got so much adrenaline inside of you and, you know, a lot of times you're not really thinking like that. You know what I'm saying? You're just trying to, you know, you're just trying to do what you got to do. And... I'm not buying the fact that Jay already know that they that they was up, man. Look, in these arenas, they got all these high tech, uh, <laughs> all these high tech scoreboards. You know, they they got it all around the arena, the the, the bowl of the arena. They got the big scoreboard up top. You could easily easily looked at the scoreboard and seen that. You know, what I'm saying that. When he scored that, when Jack, when George Hill made that uh, free throw, that they was tied. Now George Hill, you a 81% free throw shooter in the playoffs. You gotta make the free throw. Simple as that. Simple as that, man. You gotta make the free throw. Like you know, this is you know you this is what you get paid for. You know what I'm saying? Like this is what Sacramento gave you all that money for, but then traded you. But you know, this is what you paid for. You know, you gotta make the free throw. Um, and even like I said, you know, like I said, even in the the heat of the moment, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times you're not really thinking like that. You're not, you legit not thinking like that. And you know, you just kind of doing, you just kind of going with the motions. But even at the free throw line, man, you, you tighten up, you know what I'm saying? You know, the pressure's on you. This is the NBA finals. You know what I'm saying? This is the NBA finals. So that, that's a lot of pressure, man. That's a lot of pressure. But um, even then, Cleveland still had an opportunity. Still had an opportunity to win that game, but they just lost all confidence. You, it reminds me so much of the Toronto series. Game one, Cleveland had—I mean, not Cleveland. Toronto had it in the bag, right? You know, they was up double digits. You know, they was playing the Cavs really, really well. And then that fourth quarter came, and it was just like everything just kind of collapsed. Valanciunas was missing all kind of uh, easy bunnies in the paint. DeRozan and uh, Kyle Lowry was playing hot potato with the basketball. They gave the ball to Norm Van Fleet for the last shot in overtime. Like That just goes to show you how much lack of confidence that the Raptors, mainly Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, had. You know what I'm saying? And you just kind of seen, once they went to overtime, the, the Raptors lost all of their, um, all of, all of their confidence. They lost all of their confidence. Um, so it this this kind of reminds me of the Cavs of the Cavs series. And then you seen in game two when Toronto and uh Cleveland played, Toronto laid the smackdown on them. And that's exactly what happened to the uh, Cavaliers against Golden State. Um it's unfortunate, man. The Cavaliers definitely have to win game three. Like Game three, this is a must-win situation. This is a must-win game for Cleveland. Like, it's nothing else to it. Like, they have to win this game. Like, it can't be no lose this and then win game four. This is their do or die. This is their game seven right here because if they lose game three, they're definitely losing game four. Right now, Cleveland has no confidence. They have no confidence right now. But when that game starts, third third game in Cleveland tomorrow night, well, later on tonight because it's 135 as I'm recording this, when that game starts, 
Cleveland is going to play with all the confidence in the world. Right now, they lost that confidence, but that, their fans is going to get them their confidence back. And here's where, I, here's where I think it goes. Cleveland has to win the first quarter by at least 13 points. They have to win the third quarter by at least 13 points. When you look at all of the games that the Cavs have played, with the exception of the Toronto game, we're we, we going to take them series out of it because, you know, Toronto, I don't know. But the, the, the game LeBron James went off against Indiana, right? I think he had like 20-something points in the, in the first quarter. And they were up by like 15 points. Quarters two through four, they lost the quarter by 12. They, they lost the rest of the quarters by 12 points. So I feel like with Cleveland, they get these big leads, but they can't hold on to them because I think they depend too much on LeBron and the fact that guys aren't stepping up and hitting shots. Kyle Corver, you got to give me more, bro. J.R. Smith, I know you feeling it right now, but you got to give me more, bro. Um, Jordan Clarkston, man, you playing like trash right now, man. You playing like Shumper, brother. You got to give me more. You know what I'm saying? Like you, these cats gotta give me more. Larry Nance, he doing a good job. He playing with energy, man. Hey, look, activate Kendrick Kendrick Perkins, man. Let him get a couple hard fouls on Steph and Clay, KD. You know what I'm saying? Let let him play. Let him get a little run, a little burn. You know what I'm saying? Let him get them six fouls in ten minutes. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, Cleveland definitely has to win game three. Like it's no ifs ands or but this this is the game that they have to win. Uh, so. Steve Kerr, man. Let's talk a little about a little bit about Steve Kerr because the one thing that I talked about in um, a couple episodes ago when I was talking about Toronto and Washington when I was talking about the first round series, I like the fact I was talking about how Dwayne Casey wasn't shortening his rotation. You know what I'm saying? He was still playing about nine, ten deep, and normally in the playoffs, in the playoffs you shorten your rotation to about seven, eight guys. You know, you let them log all the heavy minutes. So here's what I'm liking. This is this here's what I like about what Steve Kerr is doing, right? Steve Kerr is not shortening his, his rotation, man. Think about this. Kevin Looney started in the first quarter, right? Well, in the first half, right, of, of the Cavs game. And now that, that was one thing that I said that they, that that kind of needed to happen because Golden State is is as dominant as they are offensively. They are super weak in the paint. And I felt like with Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love and even LeBron James down there, I felt like they can go down there and they can eat. Like, they can get boards and they can eat. And, you know, the first game, they, they had a, a 15, a 15, a plus 15 rebound advantage. In the second game, believe it or not, Golden State actually rebounded. And Cleveland only won that battle by one. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but uh, Steve Kerr, he, he hasn't shortened his rotation, man. You know, his rotation is still the same. Um, you know, Kevin Looney started the first half. Kevin Looney wasn't that effective. So, you know, he put JaVale McGee. He started with ja JaVale McGee in the second half. And for a little stretch of about four or five minutes in that third quarter, he was doing work. You know, he deed up LeBron, was with him step for step, made him take a tough fadeaway. You know, he was dunking the ball. He was active. You know, I mean, he missed that dunk, and he let the pass go between his legs. But, I mean, that we, we ain't here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the fact that in the third quarter, when Golden State and Cleveland was neck and neck, 
for that one little instance, JaVale McGee gave Golden State that little edge to where they was pulling, it was getting, thought they was getting ready to pull out the double-digit victory, but they, you know, the Cavaliers fought back. And then game two, look what happens. You you play you play consistent minutes. You play you play them hard minutes. You go ahead and you get this start. Javale McGee they gave them twelve points. The first bucket was a Javale McGee dunk. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and then on top of that, in my notes I said David West was gonna be some kind of factor in this series. I felt like David West in that Houston series. I mean he 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 wasn't a, he wasn't gonna be effective because David West is slow. Even though I like David West, man, his mid range game is is deadly. Um, his style of play just wasn't going to be effective against Houston in the way that they play. So you didn't—he didn't play a lot. Um, with with uh, Cleveland, you know they can kind of slow it down. Larry Nance isn't really an outside shooter like that. Trisha Thompson definitely isn't an outside shooter like that. So you know he'll be able to play a little bit, and he was effective. He hit a three-point shot. He had three block shots, so he was super effective. Um. So that's what that's what I like about Steve Kerr. Like, he's not shortening the rotation or nothing of that nature. Cats gonna play. Cats are gonna play, and you know they're expected to be effective when they do play. And you gotta you gotta award Steve Kerr for that. Now for Teron Lou, you can't do what Steve Kerr is doing right now, bro. You gotta shorten that rotation, man. You gotta shorten that rotation. Like you go about eight deep. Um, I don't know how what eight you do. You probably do Larry Nash. You probably do Kyle Corver, and I would I would do Rodney Hood. I put Rodney Hood in that rotation, man. You know, you know, let Jr. You know, Jr. Jr.'s confidence is shot right now. He don't need to be playing because he's he's not he's not helping you guys. He had five points last game. He's not helping you guys right now. So you need to you need to get some fresh energy. You need to get some new blood in there. Get something that Golden State haven't seen yet. And remember at one point, everybody was talking about how good of a defender J.R. Smith was. Clay been working. Clay been eating. Even when J.R. tried to take him out in game one, he came out and scored 24 points. But Clay still scored 20 in game two, even though he was questionable for that game. Kevin Rurant was super consistent, but Steph Curry, man. When I'm watching the game, I'm like, Steph Curry is is definitely out there playing NBA Jam right now because he's on fire. <laughs> he was definitely on fire, man. Just hitting all kind of shots. He was just he was doing the main thing. You couldn't you can't be mad at Steph Curry. Um, as a as a brown skin guy, you know it's always brown skin versus light skin. You know what I'm saying? So you know uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but at the end of the day, man, I'm a I'm a fan of. You know, guys who really can get buckets and who who who's cocky and arrogant enough to let you know that they are getting buckets and then dare you to stop them. Like, what's up? What's up? I'm about to pull this shot from 35 feet and I'm going to hit it. I'm about to shoot this fadeaway three-pointer in your face and I'm going to still make it. What's up? You can't stop me. What's good? <laughs> and that's the way. I think that's the way Steph go about it, man. You know, he's just super, he's super cocky with it. And I like it. I like it, man. I like it. You know, man, be cocky about what you do. You know what I'm saying? You know, be arrogant about what you do. You know, because you do it. You feel me? <laughs> like me? I, I'm, I'm quick to let a cat know. Like, look, I ain't going to argue with you about, <laughs> about no basketball or nothing else. Because I don't do it for free, bro. 
<laughs> you feel me? I don't do it for free. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna argue with you about no b-ball. We're not gonna have no no candid discussion about basketball if you're not about to legit pay me for it. You know what I mean? That's the way you gotta be about it. Sometimes, man, you gotta. You sometimes you gotta let cats know. Like, look, I does this. Like, I, I do this. You you know what I'm saying? I do this. And he letting them boys know that he do it, man. Hey, you know what's funny though? You know what's funny? Um, I predicted game two, right? In my um in my notes. I predicted game two. And um I predicted the score to be something like uh I think it was like 105. No, it was like 115, 105. And then I think the score ended up being 122 to 103. I'm like, dang, that's crazy, man. I was I was seven points under for Golden State, and then I was uh, two points. I was seven, yeah, I was seven points under for Golden State, and then I was two points um, under for Cleveland. That's crazy. I definitely would have made some money. <laughs> but uh, I think that's how it's gonna go, man. I think that's I, that's how I felt it was gonna go. Like, uh, um, I felt like you know. Cleveland was just like they just had all the, the the momentum snuck out of them. You know what I mean? All right, so enough about the finals, man. Let me let me get to my my game three prediction. So this is what I see in game three, right? Game three, Cleveland's gonna come out and they coming out. They they on fire. They on fire. Like, look, if Jr. starting, Jr.'s Jr.'s definitely hitting a couple shots in a row. Like he's coming out. He's coming out ready to play. Kevin Love's gonna come on ready to play. LeBron James probably is gonna probably put up another 20 point first quarter. Cleveland is gonna win that first quarter by double digits. But here's here's what's gonna get interesting. That third quarter. Golden State is gonna put in work in that third quarter. I that I can just I, I can see it now. Because Cleveland is gonna play so motivated and so with high tempo energy in these in this first half. They gonna they probably gonna get a double digit lead. I'll give them that. They'll probably get a double-digit lead. But Golden State, you know, I think they're going to kind of hang it around. They're going to probably keep it to about about 8 to 10 points. I think Cleveland will maybe take it to about 8 points, 8 to 10 points in the half. And then Golden State is going to, you know, will their way to victory. So, even though I said Cleveland is in a must-win, Game 3 is definitely a must-win for them. I just don't see it. And I said five games. So, you know what? I'm going to take the back. I'm going to give Cleveland the dub, man. I think they're going to get the dub. I think it's going to be a close game. But I'm going to give Cleveland the dub because I think it's going to be – I, I want to keep it within that five that five game range because I think Golden State to come out and uh, make the adjustments that they need to make in their win game four. So, I'll give Cleveland the dub for game three tonight. All right. So, we done talking about the finals. I'm done. Say goodbye to the finals. <laughs> I really don't want to talk about it because it's so, oh man, oh man, it's just blah. But anyways, let's talk about uh these coaches, right? So uh, Mike Budenholzer, Mike Budenholzer is the new coach for the Atlanta Hawks. Good move for Atlanta, man. I like the move. I mean, not for Atlanta. Good move. Good move for at Milwaukee. Milwaukee. I think I said that right. Mike Budenholzer is the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, I just said it right if I ain't said it right the first time. But um, I think it's a good move for the Bucks, man. Look, Mike Budenholzer was a good coach. Um, he just, 
I, I think shout out to the Hawks ownership or coaching managerial staff for letting him go because they knew that there was going to be a, a, a long rebuilding process and they just let him go like you know they're like look we don't want you to be a part of this bro we know you're a good coach you know you can coach somewhere where somebody's going to contend and you can be able to do some good things so i gotta get credit to the uh to the hawks um managerial staff or ownership or whoever for the bucks this is this is nice here's why it's nice because i looked at the development of al horford and i looked at the development of paul Millsap. um and, and and I'm and I like what I'm possibly gonna see from Giannis. Like possibly like what I'm gonna see from um Jabari Parker and from Thon Maker. Thon Maker showed a little bit of promise in the uh in that Boston series. You know, he had I think he had a six block game, one game, you know, he was out there shooting threes and all that. But then he got ate a lot. But um <laughs> he got ate a lot. But look. Thon Maker, man, I mean, he has the potential to be something great. Like, his skill set is just so nice, you know what I'm saying, for a guy his height to be able to shoot the shoot the three so effortlessly and fluently like he does it. You know, you can't you can't coach that. That's what they used to say in uh, 2K, NFL 2K. You can't coach that, Dan. <laughs> but, um, you know, Milwaukee has the potential, man, you know. Uh, that coach put him in some interesting I don't understand predicaments like he uh in the Boston series he had Giannis Garden Al Horford which you know barbecue chicken you know what I'm saying even though Giannis is as good as he is six foot eleven with the wingspan of about seven somebody seven foot five or in above barbecue chicken man barbecue chicken <laughs> Al Horford was out there bullying Thon Maker, you know, making him look like he was just like he was me out there, you know what I'm saying? But um, Boone Hoser, he's he's one of them elite coaches. He comes for that San Antonio tree, so I think he'd be able to do work. So shout out to the uh, shout out to the Bucks for getting Mike Boone Hoser. Um, the Magic, the Magic got who did they get? They got Steve Clifford. Now defensive coaches in the Orlando Magic have not worked. Frank Vogel, trash. Scott Skiles, trash. Uh, Steve Clifford. Look, Steve Clifford couldn't even get the, the Hornets to a, a seed in the playoffs. Um, Steve Clifford is a okay coach. I would have liked to have seen him go younger. Look, somebody hire Jerry Stackhouse and stop playing. Somebody get Jerry, excuse me, somebody get Jerry Stackhouse to be the coach of your basketball franchise and let him work. That boy down in the G League doing some amazing things with that Raptors uh, affiliate. Get him a coaching opportunity and let him do work. From Toronto, I'm hiring from within. Bring Stackhouse in, man. Now, a lot of people say that his temperament may not be able to get him a coaching opportunity. But look, at the end of the day, man. Look at Greg Popovich. Like Greg Popovich has a as has a as a temperament. You know what I'm saying? But like his players respond to him. You can tell by all the championships and all the 50 plus win seasons and all the playoff appearances that they make every single year. So get Stackhouse in here, man. Let let him prove himself. Let him prove himself. Um, but I mean, Steve Clifford is an okay coach for Orlando, man. You just gotta you gotta reshape that roster. That roster is just a whole clutter of overpriced bums 
and, and, and forgive me for calling you a bum. Like, if you're in the NFL, I mean, in the NBA, you're not a bum because you have enough skill to at least be able to play in the uh, in the NBA. But you're a bum. Simple. Simple as that. Um, you're a bum. <laughs> you're a bum. Um, but Orlando, they just have a, they just have all this clutter everywhere, man. They don't have a point guard, you know. And I'm, I'm hearing that they might get Trey Young from uh, Oklahoma in the draft if he falls to him. Um, and it, it's a lot, of, it's a lot of question marks. Some have his potential as high as um, Steph Curry. Some have his potential as low as Jimmy Fredette. Even though Jimmy Fredette out there putting up numbers. He out there putting up numbers overseas, man. Get that boy Jimmer another shot. I'm di- I guarantee you he can give you 10 points, especially in this NBA where everybody's just shooting the ball anyway and ain't playing no defense. This the lead for Jimmer right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This the lead for Jimmer, boy. For Jimmy. Jimmer, Jimmer. Remember when everybody used to shot Jimmer range? Like you would shoot a shot from like 30 feet and you would be like, Jimmer range? But now it's like, Steph? That's crazy. How time flies, man. But yeah, Steve Clifford to the Hawk, to the Hawks, to the Hawk, to the Hornets, to the Magic. <laughs> Steve Clifford to the Magic, man. That's interesting. That's an interesting thing. You know, I don't think it's gonna work though, because like I said, defensive coaches in Orlando don't work out. Man, they just need to go ahead and move the team. I'm gonna think I'm gonna do a video on that for NBA uh, franchises that's on the on the brinks of possibly moving. I think y'all be int- int- intrigued by that video. Go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel, the exclusive breakdown. Last but not least, y'all already know I gotta talk about my pistons. I got to talk about my pistons. Now, from what I'm hearing, they still haven't hired a you know, they let go of their uh their GM. They let him go. They just recently let him go, so they're looking for a GM and they're looking for a head coach. Now, they interviewed John Beeline, the coach from the University of Michigan. Uh, Emmy Udoka, assistant coach from the San Antonio Spurs, Kenny the Jet Smith, analyst from TNT. And here's my problem why does everybody feel that people who were on TV and had no head coaching experience is going to instantly become the next Steve Kerr? Like, for the Steve Kerr that was and the Mark Jackson that was, there was Derek Fisher. And if Derek Fisher isn't enough to steer you away from possibly going out and hiring an analyst or somebody who is out there on the street, I don't know what it is. But then you got to wonder, is Derek Fisher's lack of success the fa- fact of him being a bad coach? Or is it from the fact that he had to coach using the triangle offense? Because Derek Fisher could actually be a nice coach. But then as I think about that, I think about the fact of how Earl Watson was trash as a coach. Lindsey Hunter was trash as a, a, a interim head coach. So, yeah, I, I don't know how, how good that would be. Shout out to Patrick Ewing, man. Give Patrick Ewing a shot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, man, I think the Pistons uh, is going to be interesting, man. If I'm, if I'm the Pistons, I, I'm, going, I'm going with somebody I know because you, got the, you have the roster right now. To make it to the playoffs, and if I'm if I got the roster right now, I'll go Dwayne Casey. I think it really is contingent on how what what what's the next step for the Pistons. Like, is it is it legit them trying to rebuild, or is it legit taking the roster that they have and trying to do something in that East? Because I don't know. 
um, the East is going to get interesting. I don't think, like I said, I think LeBron goes to Philly. So I don't think, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that there's spots to possibly be had. Um, maybe Hassan Whiteside is out of Miami. So, you know, Miami could, could drop a spot. But uh, overall, man, I don't really see none of the teams falling. Maybe Toronto falls. You don't know if they're going to rebuild that whole thing. Maybe they trade Lowry. Maybe they trade DeRozan. Definitely traded Baca. You know what I'm saying? Definitely traded Baca. Uh, you know, Indiana's going to be there. You know, they got cap room. I don't think they have enough cap room to get LeBron. But they got cap room to possibly make a, a run for Aaron Gordon. I think that would be a nice little play. Look. If I'm Indiana, I'm going at the uh, Kawhi. Simple. I'm simply going after Kawhi. I'm going after Kawhi. Why? Can you imagine a a a a, a Victor Oladipo, Kawhi Leonard defensive, Miles Turner defensive lineup? Come on, man. That's that's dangerous. That's dangerous, kid. Um, but we'll see, man. We'll see how it go, man. We'll see how it go. And um, I'm out of here, man. I'll holla at y'all boys next week, man. Peace. You just got the heat. heat. Thanks for the support. It's greatly appreciated. Tune in next week for another episode. Hey, man. <laughs> My bad. I thought I was done with the episode, but I'm not done yet. I'm sorry, JR. I ain't got no problems with you, man. I, I, I no issues. No issues, JR, but this is this is funny. Like the reason is just funny, you know. You thought you was ahead. So, you know, I thought I was done with the episode, but apparently I wasn't. Um For the first time in about a couple months, man, let's bring out the heat of the week. Add some fire to your sneaker collection. This is the heat of the week. And before we get into the heat of the week, can I get a welcome back? Because y'all understand, man, I've been doing just basketball stories for uh, X amount of time that I have not been doing no heat of the week, which is like, which is, which is, which is a shock to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I normally get my heat of the week, but I haven't been doing it. So, uh, for the culture, you know what I'm saying? The culture is back to the... Ch- to the podcast baby go ahead and get hit me but a welcome back a welcome back for the heat of the week because it's back and we gotta show love we gotta show love with this dude all right so let me stop procrastinating go ahead and hit me with a welcome back real quick welcome back welcome back welcome back all right so Look, I didn't write down no heat of the week. I, I just, I just kind of put this in. I'm just like, you know what? Let me go ahead. Let me do the, um, let me do the heat of the week, man. Let me go ahead and do the heat of the week. So, uh, I'm scrolling down sneaker news, sneakernews.com to see what heat's coming out. Um, hey, I know one, I know one particular heat that's coming out, man. I already know these joints supposed to be coming out. They, they playing though. Um, the uh the mellows, the mellow uh the the mellow twos I think are supposed to be coming out this weekend. Uh, let me let me make sure. Let me confirm my uh suspicions. 
Um, <laughs> the Air Jordan 3 Particle Beige. Yeah, the Air uh, Jordan 2 Mellows will be coming out June the 9th. Um, you already know that's going to be a hot commodity shoe. So, you know, if you, if you really if you really on them, I, I will advise you to get your place in line right now and get them. Oh, and the Travis Scott Air Jordan 4 Cactus Jack joints is coming out on the 9th. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, hey, we just gonna rock with them too. Hey, the Jordan 14 last shots coming out uh, next week too. So, you know, I'm gonna have to definitely get my pair. Um, but, uh, the Air Jordan 2 Mellows and the Travis Scott Air Jordan 4 Cactus Jacks are my heat of the week this week. They will both be out on June the 9th. For those who don't know, June the 9th is a Saturday. So go ahead and check that out, man. And for real this time, because I ain't got nothing else to talk about. I'm your host, Tyrone Smith. Raw 2 exclusive, Hustle Bandit, Sneaker Bandit, Daytona 360, Four Point Island. Lock them up, Raw. In the building. Getting ready to hop up out the building. I will holler at y'all boys. Um... Next week, I guess, maybe, probably. Don't quote me on it. <laughs> but I holler at y'all, man. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. I ain't gonna say that no more. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm doing a um, I'm gonna be redoing my sneaker collection. Uh, for those who don't know, I've been working on this huge project in my sneaker room, and I just recently finished it. Um, so I want to show y'all what, what exactly what I've been working on. You know what I'm saying? It, it ain't nothing but just taking the boxes, taking all the boxes, giving it all the boxes, and putting them in some crates. But you know, it looks it looks clean and presentable now. But yeah, I'm gonna be posting that video soon. And once again, shout out to the Hamtramck Police Department. I love y'all. <laughs> I'm Tyrone Smith, man. I'm out of here, man. I'll holla at y'all boys next week. Peace. Just got the heat. Thanks for the support. It's greatly appreciated. Tune in next week for another episode.